You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and with me is Mark Berkshire with Mark Berkshire Ministries in Fairchance, Pennsylvania. And we are talking about the resurrection. Uh, We're coming up on Palm Sunday. Um, It may be after Palm Sunday by the time you hear this, because I may be slow in getting it posted, but (laughs) we're coming up on Palm Sunday, and then we are coming up on what is known as Holy Week, so uh, we thought, why not talk about the resurrection? And I told Mark, this may be the shortest one we've done because I don't have any questions. I would probably just say, yes, the resurrection is real. End of podcast. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah, I, I don't know where what, what else to add with that. There are still some Christians who think it's just an allegory, though. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say to them. or I do, but it wouldn't be nice. I mean, yeah. not not in a demeaning way, but like, then what makes you a Christian? I don't, I don't get that. Well, that's just it. I mean, let's go back to Palm Sunday. Let's start it there. For three years, almost three and a half years, Jesus has told everyone that he had ministered to, and he had ministered to thousands. Don't tell anybody who I am. Don't tell anybody what I'm doing. He was a blind man. Don't go into your city and tell you tell them who I am. Uh, and then all of a sudden, he raises Lazarus from the dead. And just a few days later, because where he raised Lazarus and from, from where Lazarus was and where Jerusalem is, it was only about four miles in between them. And he comes in and. He tells his disciples, go get a donkey, get the donkey's colt, bring them to me. And if anybody stops you and asks you, just say the master has need of it. And all of a sudden now, his true identity is being pronounced. Now he says, this is the time. I am going to come in, I'm having a parade, and I am going to say who I am. And people lined up and loved on him, shouting and screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna, and all of these other things, and putting palm branches down and coats down and everything else, saying he is because most of the ones that were in that crowd witnessed him raising Lazarus from the dead. So, which brings me to a question, were they really following Christ for who he was, or were they following him for what he did? That's a that's a great question because I had someone post on a uh, a Christian men's group that Palm Sunday um, is and again I don't know where these people come from they posted Palm Sunday is one of these holidays that we should not celebrate there is no mandate to celebrate it 
It's a man-made holiday because the people were following the man Jesus Christ um, only for what they think he did. And I, I, so many thoughts run through my head when I see stuff like that. The first is usually, do you read the whole Bible? Yeah. I mean, Definitely. regardless, yeah, I mean, regardless of what those people thought, here's what the Bible says. I mean, his coming in was a proclamation as king. Uh, They're crying Hosanna because there were some who were honestly like, save us. Granted, most of them thought it was going to be from the Romans. Right. But God knew it was going to be from our sins. And we definitely should celebrate and honor that. Not meaning we're worshiping that day. But we're remembering what that day actually means, regardless of if those people didn't get it. Yeah. We get, we're on this side of history, and we know it. I mean, you can go back as far as Leviticus and see where... It talks about, well, you can go back further than that. You can go back all the way to the Garden of Eden. But you can see where it talks about offerings and sacrifices that need to be made for your sins. And the Old Testament even talks about, and I was trying to find it, it's either in Isaiah or Ezekiel, or I mean, Isaiah or Zechariah, where it talks about the cult. That the son of man will be coming in on the donkey, but not the donkey, but the, the colt of the donkey. So it had to be done this way for scripture to be fulfilled. Yeah, and actually, if I, yeah, it was in Zach, well, I'm not saying it's not in the other book, but I know it's in Zechariah because we just finished preaching through Zechariah, and that was one of the, the things I was able to point out on the the accuracy of the prophecies that are made throughout the old testament yeah uh, that contribute to why we can put so much faith in the prophecies that are made about the return of christ in the new testament um but yeah and and i think one of the cultural things was if a king rode into the town on a horse is because he came to conquer we right. rode in on a donkey, it meant he came in peace, which is how Jesus came then. When he comes back, though, he's not going to be this, as a warrior. Yeah, it's not going to be that peaceful, you know, yeah. uh, Jesus coming at you. But um, yeah, I, I still don't, I just, it, yeah. I, I try to grasp why some people, I can get if someone says, I don't understand why people right. celebrate Palm Sunday. I don't get when people say, you shouldn't celebrate it. Right. I mean, if you can show me a verse in the Bible that says don't celebrate this, okay, I won't. But there are certain things that are worth rejoicing over, worth celebrating, worth honoring. Right. And Palm Sunday is one of them. The resurrection, definitely one of them. Because I get, right. you know, the whole Easter, whatever that pagan holiday is thing, and people yeah. hating on the Easter bunny. I'm like, let the kids have their chocolate eggs. Who, who cares? Yeah. Why is that? Who cares? They're not sitting down there worshiping some idol. They're just like going right. out and finding eggs and having fun and right. doing that. How, I mean. And, and, and you look what Tom suddenly set off. What it was the beginning of, you know, Palm Sunday, he comes into Jerusalem, has this big parade. 
Monday he goes into the temple, he mixes it up and literally loses it and starts flipping tables over because they made the temple a den of thieves. And then, you know, you don't hear much about Tuesday and Wednesday, but you know there were things going on. Thursday, he meets with his disciples and they have what we call the Last Supper. And, you know, he he sits down, you know, on Tuesday and Wednesday, Judas was probably meeting with people and, you know, setting up the scheme to to out Jesus. Also prophesied about in the book of Zechariah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of things going on that week. This is what we call Passion Week because of the passion that Christ had for us. And it leads up to Good Friday. Going back to Last Supper. Last Supper, do you understand the, the, the fullness of that picture? Because Jesus was sitting with people that were his family. These men have been with him 24-7 for three and a half years. They weren't just disciples to him. They weren't just um, fellow Christ followers. They weren't just fellow church members. They were family. He loved each and every one of them, including Judas, without conditions. And he sat there and he broke bread, knowing that Judas was there, that he was going to betray him. He was going to lead up to what was going to cause him the worst day of his life, the best day of our life. And he did it unconditionally. And we don't want to be in the same room with someone if they called us a name. Yeah. Well, you know, there's significance in, in this whole week. And then go into Friday when he is nailed to the cross. And he says it is finished. And the disciples looked at him. And I can't imagine what was going through their minds other than it's finished. He's gone. There's no more doing this. This was, my, this was our life for three and a half years. Now it's gone. What do we do now? Yeah, I like the, I like the, uh, the lack of, I don't want to say lack of faith, because then that leads some people to, talking about heresy and all that stuff but the lack of understanding of what was accomplished on the cross um and i love this verse this is what i'm i'm using uh for our sunrise service which makes sense in luke 24 talks about how on the first day of the week early in the morning the women took the spices and they went to the tomb they were following their cultural practices Mm -hmm. but they were going expecting to see a dead jesus Um, they were not going expecting that jesus had risen when they were met by the angelic beings not only did they tell them he has risen but this is what i love he says remember how he told you while he was still with you in galilee that the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners 
be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And this is the best part. Verse 8 says, then they remembered his words. And sometimes when we have that lack of faith, mm -hmm. um, even about what the, res the significance of the resurrection and what it really means, um, when we recall what the word of God says and what actually happens, um, that's when we, we reach that aha moment of like, do we understand that that was literally God in the flesh uh, mm -hmm. who, who stepped into time, uh, you know, the, uh, our reality and spirituality met at that moment when he rose from the dead. Um, yeah. More significant, uh, again, if I say that, some people's going to get mad at me. I was going to say more significant than his birth, but I won't because the birth of Christ is what makes the resurrection possible. But uh, probably one of the most significant events in human history is his resurrection, him like tearing down the divide between, you know, heaven and earth and making it possible for the creator of the universe uh, for us to have a relationship with him, not just to follow his laws, but to be a part of, like you said, his family. Uh, yeah. And in even more intricate of a way than Jesus was with the disciples, now we get that a hundredfold with God. Yeah. And, and it, you know, to think about what he took on on the cross. So this was this was a man in human form that was like any other man. His father, he knew was God. He spent a lot of time with his father. The Bible talks about, you read all four of the Gospels, it talks about how he would go off early in the morning and spend time with his father. And to be hanging on the cross, taking on the sins of the world, and his father turning his back on him. In the most The, the time that he needed him the most, God turns away. And why did he do it? He did it so that we would have our sins forgiven. And I think that's, that's, there's so much power in that statement because he didn't, he didn't do it not knowing that he was going to be separated from this right. God who, like you said, he spent so much time with. He did it knowing that not only would he be separated from, but literally like could not have sin in his presence. All the ugliness, all the hatred, all the racism, all the sexual um, misconduct, you name it, all of that, all those things, all of the injustice, all of that that separates us from God, uh, the righteousness and the love of God, he took on knowing that it would separate him from God. Yeah. And he did it, did it for us. I, 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 I think that adds so much power to, to what he did on the cross. Yeah. yeah. And it did. And if, if, if that's all we had, that would be praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But he went a step further on the third day. He said, I'm not just going to take your sins away. I'm taking death away, too. And he rose from the grave. Triumphantly, just as the Bible said he would. 
and and to do that and to take give us the opportunity and i say opportunity because death is not final whether you're a christian or non-christian death is not final yeah you're going to spend eternity somewhere you're going to spend it one of two places and that is your choice and but if it wasn't for Christ coming up out of the grave and walking out of that, that tomb, it wouldn't be possible for us. When we died, we died. That would be the end of it. Like a lot of people believe. Hmm. But he gave us the opportunity now to say, death is not there anymore. Also, where's your sting? There is no sting of death for the believer. We have, we have the promise. Go on into John 14. We have the promise that one day he's coming back for us. It says, let not your hearts be troubled for in my father's house are many mansions. God is free. Jesus is preparing our home for us in heaven. That is something we don't have to worry about. It's going to be move in ready, furnished, everything. Yeah. All we have to do is show up. Yeah. I, I don't know that we need to say anything else other than, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know there's people that say all oh, the resurrection didn't happen, but there's evidence that, you know, more than sufficient evidence to show that Jesus existed, more than sufficient evidence. Uh, eyewitness and first uh, eyewitness and, and eyewitness testimony uh, from people, uh, even extra biblical, not from the Bible, but other people outside the Bible who attest to the fact, not that they saw it happen, but that there were numerous people at that time who believed it happened. Yeah. So this is a, the fact that people say, well, this is a story made up, you know, by the Catholic Church in 300 something AD. There's too much historical evidence to refute yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and, and, and I would be, there are people out there too that believe or say that this can't happen because we can't be saved by the blood of Jesus because it, it, it's, it's just impossible for him to, to, for him to cover us with his blood every time a person comes to the Lord. And, and I would say I agree with that because if that was the case, everyone around the cross, every soldier that pierced his side would have instantly become a Christian because his blood would have dripped down on him. So, yes, his blood does not physically cover us. That's why the Holy Spirit dwells us and jesus is able to live within us um it is a at that point it's a symbolic it's a real factor too because he had to shed his blood one time the hebrew writer says he shed his blood once and for all yeah once for all humanity and i like that you added because for the skeptic uh 
the Bible says those who are earnestly seek him will find him. Uh, and it also tells us that those who take that step of faith and commit their life to Christ, that uh, to give them evidence of their salvation, God puts the Holy Spirit in us. It's, it's, it's your eternal guarantee, I think is the verbiage the Bible says, yeah. that you are his, that you are a part of the family of God. So there, uh, I, I, I dispute and disagree with all the skeptics that say there's no way you can know. There is absolutely positively a way that you can know. Absolutely. If you honestly and wholeheartedly seek him, then God honestly and wholeheartedly responds by putting his Holy Spirit inside of you so you have that guarantee of your salvation. Yeah. And and that doesn't mean, uh, I'll go a step further for those three or four that are listening, it doesn't mean we become perfect creatures right then and there. We're not right. perfect. No, we're going to struggle. Doesn't mean all of our struggles are going to be over. Doesn't mean we're not going to have issues to deal with. Yeah. We live in a fallen world, in an imperfect world. Our That's souls it. are forever sealed when we become a Christian, but we still live in an earthly body on an earthly planet. Yeah, that's what the process of. Uh... Of sand, uh, sand, sanctification is about, of us being transformed into the image of Christ. I heard one pastor say that, yeah, when you commit your life to Christ, that your spirit is renewed. You are now filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Um, your brain is in the process of being transformed, uh, and your body is just going to stay the same body until that point when you get a new spiritual body. So uh, my body will still have the same urges. Uh, to do the same thing and my brain will still have the same response sometimes in anger sometimes in whatever yeah but that's the process of sanctification of being made more and more into the image of christ as we respond more to the prompting of his holy spirit and spend more time in his word i mean paul mentioned it in second corinthians that although our bodies waste away we are being renewed every day in our spirit our spirit is being renewed every day i forget where it's at and i'm going to actually use that in my sermon sunday but i forget where the, where the reference is right off the top of my head um but you know that's that's so true you can look in a mirror and see that our bodies are wasting away but our souls should be we should be gaining more and more likeness of jesus in who we really are so on that note, I'm going to uh, wind us down with this scripture from 1 Corinthians 15. The Apostle Paul uh, says that now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. And he says in verse 3, for what I received, passed on to you as the first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that's crucial it was prophesied according to the scriptures that he was buried that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas the 12 and after that more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time most of whom are still living though some have fallen asleep then he appeared to James then to all the apostles and last of all he appeared to me also 
as the one abnormally born. So uh, again, so much evidence, not just from the people who were there, but from the fulfillment of prophecy, in some cases, hundreds uh, uh, the prophecies we talked about in Zechariah. Zechariah was written somewhere around five something BC. So several hundred years prior uh, and those prophecies being fulfilled, they're what contribute to uh, the faith that we have in the resurrection, along with the historical and archaeological evidence that supports it. So um, for those of you who do not or have not yet put your faith in Christ, Paul said it plainly, uh, just accept and receive what he passed on, that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, raised on the third day, uh, and that he appeared to multiple people. This is the gospel that literally saves us, that he died for our sins and because of his sacrifice and because of the resurrection uh, that we now have an assurity of an eternity with God. Yeah. And, and, and remember, we make a big deal about this, but a lot of people make a big deal about this. I don't do much, but the resurrection is where Christianity starts. If there was no resurrection, we would be like every other religion out there. Which is actually my East, part of my Easter message. <laughs> that if, if the resurrection didn't happen, um, then, you know, uh, I think it's, uh, I can't remember if it's Peter or Paul. I should look up that first too. Yeah. It. it says then uh, we are still in our sins. Um, yeah. uh, we are still separated from Christ. Uh, and we, we are we're just living in vain. Um, yeah. We are just like every other religion uh, that's trying to reach man. Uh, but yeah. the fact is that history uh, disproves that. And God disproves that by giving us literally his Holy Spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead resides in those who put their faith and trust in the finished work that Jesus Christ did on yeah. the cross. Yeah. And that same Jesus that came over 2,000 years ago is the same Jesus that's going to be coming back to take his bride home. Yeah, maybe that'll be our next podcast. I'm really amped up on that because we just finished preaching through Zechariah. Yeah. Uh, and in my 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 private, just personal devotion study time, I'm re I just finished reading through First Thessalonians and I'm reading through Second Thessalonians. So maybe in our next podcast, we talk about the return of Christ because uh, that's just like, that and of course, because everyone says we're in the tribulation, even though we're not, and all this yeah. stuff. Uh, maybe we 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 just talk about um, the return of Christ, just specifically the return of Christ, and and all that. I'm, stuff. I'm for that because that's my last twenty years of life have been studying on the return of Christ, and and all of the things that go around it. Um, that's just a fascinating thing to me because. It just is. I mean, to see Christ face to face, not die, but be raptured into it, is something that we should all be wanting to do. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to see Jesus no matter what. I think it would be so neat to be taken up instead of laid out. Yeah, I do too. And I just saw a TikTok this morning that made me think of that. Maybe that's why it's too. Uh, and it's from a, a lady that I know. She's a musician, but she did a TikTok. It was the trumpet of God playing, and she was eating wings, 
and she heard the trumpet and she dropped the wings and ran. And there was this thing that said, you know, oh yeah, gotta go meet God. But then she came back and took a few more bites of the wings and she was like, but these wings are really good. <laughs> and I commented on it and I was like, yeah, well, at least we won't have to pay the prices that we pay for those yeah. wings once we're in heaven. And she was like, yeah, they'll be free. I was like, yeah. But um, yeah, the return of, 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 of God and just, just the fact that there's, there's the Bible specifically tells us, and this again, people, please read your Bibles. Yes. Um, there are two different returns laid out in the Bible. Um, yeah. One, a physical one to the earth, one in the air. They are not the same thing. They are totally different. Yeah. We'll do, we'll talk about the return of Christ next. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. We'll, we'll, we'll just talk on that. But right now, I'm going to ask uh, Mark to, uh, pray for us and specifically pray for those people who uh, who may wander into Easter resurrection, whatever you want to call them, Easter Sunday services um, who have not committed their lives to Christ. Uh, just pray that we as pastors don't use that as an opportunity to fill the buildings, but a wholehearted moment to just truly share God's truth with folks that are seeking God. And, and I don't want to miss the opportunity also to Continue to pray for the people of Ukraine. Yeah, absolutely. And what's going on there. I mean, we are seeing evil and good playing out right before our eyes. And I, I hate to say this, but we're also seeing, how can I word this without making people mad? We're also seeing many government leaders not do the right thing yeah. and i don't i I'm, I'm not in a government leader so i don't have to worry about how to justify it i i just know there's right and there's wrong yeah. and we're seeing a lot of government leaders who are just sitting and watching this for lack of a better term it's no longer a massacre because there, you know lots of people fighting back but watching just the evil being done by one person yeah. Yeah. is influence the nation, and they are sitting back and doing absolutely nothing. Yep. And, and there's a lot I could say on that, but we're going to leave that yeah. for yeah. another topic. But just just remember them in prayer. Um, they need they need all the prayers they can get, and they're asking for all the prayers we can offer. Yeah. So let's pray, Father. We once again. I'm humbly before you, knowing that we are nothing without you. We can't have success. We can't have anything in our lives that doesn't first come by you. We thank you for your son, Jesus, as we celebrate and remember this time of resurrection, this time of, of worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Father, we pray that you would be with each church around the world that meets for this, this the remembrance of this event, this Passover week, that you would just um, make it new to all of us 
Uh, and Lord, if there's someone searching, direct them to the to the body of Christ that you want them to go to. Lord, I just pray that we would we would be reminded in every celebration, every church celebration, that the resurrection is one day that we celebrate, but it's for eternity. We should be celebrating Resurrection Sunday every Sunday morning. And that's why we do have church on Sunday morning. Mm. We just thank you, Lord, for being willing to die for us even before we knew you. You had this planned even before you created the world. You knew there had to be a way of redemption. We thank you for having that in mind. We ask that you be with the people of Ukraine. Lord, that you would somehow, some way, stop the bloodshed that is going on there. You have the power. We know that. But we also know that you have a purpose for what's happening. And we're not... Uh, Question. We're not to, to, to try to understand what's going on. Know that you are in control mm-hmm. of what's going on. Give the people comfort. Know that you are there with them. Lord, be with us as we go into our Sunday celebrations this week, as we celebrate your triumphant entry into Jerusalem and your your your. Um, just the the excitement that that brought. Help us to bring that into our churches, our celebrations this week. Maybe not through the pastor, maybe not through the the, the, the music, but just in our own lives. Help us come in expecting to meet with you and celebrate you Sunday. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Amen.